Uh, Gopal, we are very honored to be talking to you, and 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 I am especially excited because this is the first time we are having a, a you know a conversation officially. Uh, so thank you so much for joining today. Shraddha, my pleasure. Um, I've been following you from the time we met in the Taikon in Chennai when you're just starting your story as a startup, and now you're a grown-up. So <laughs> love to run. Thank you. But, you know, uh, uh, I want to today talk to you about TVS funds. You know, you are a third generation entrepreneur. You have you built this fund. And what is most interesting, especially in the context of, you know, we've been talking about Atmanirbhar Bharat and we've been talking about, you know, India and India coming to the forefront uh, in terms of investments and different things. This fund is primarily a rupee capital fund. And, and it's the largest rupee capital fund in the country as of now. Tell me, how did you manage to do this? Basically, it's just the goodwill and good wishes of India and the performance that we've had in our two funds and the team that we have and the ecosystem we have created around us. But ultimately, it is a gift of India. And that's how I always approach everything in my life. And so anything that we must do, we must do to make sure that India and Indians have a better life and a better future. And the sad thing about the country is there's so much to make better. So there is no lack of opportunity in that sense. So that's how I started my career in 1985 and nothing really has changed. But Gopal, you know, the conversation which we hear in the startup ecosystem and, and when it comes to Indian startups and investment, it is that the money has primarily been from US and primarily also from China, which has stopped now. Uh, and, and, and Indian, families and Indian uh, corporates have not been very active or interested in venture capital, but you've managed to do that. So tell us how, and are you seeing some kind of a shift, some kind of a perception, some kind of a mindset shift in the, uh, uh, in the Indian businesses and family offices? Uh, let me start with where I started in the, my career, my fund life. It was when I was about 50. And uh, I was, had done about nine startups until that time. Now, in those days, we never used the word startup. Yeah. And I really understood that word when in Bangalore one day, I was introduced to Tycon as saying our next speaker is a serial entrepreneur. I was looking around me and saying, who is that? And people <laughs> looked at that. That's when I realized I was a serial entrepreneur. When I started this fund, one of the questions I asked myself, Shraddha, was I'm coming from, I'm really entitled to come from a third generation family. The family business at that time was nearly 80 plus years old. And we had earned the goodwill and trust of India. So when I asked myself and my mentor, C.K. Prahlad, who under whose ages and guidance I started this, and I can never forget this conversation, I went to SEBI. SEBI had rejected my application for a DVC. Oh. There was a gentleman, very enlightened person, I would call him, as a whole time member. And he explained to me why it was rejected. And that time, something struck me. And the question I asked him was, I said, sir, I can go start a fund outside India. I can probably raise some money, I suspect. And you don't have a say in that matter. I want to come to you to be regulated and I want to raise only Indian money. And you tell me I don't have permission. Is this fair? Mm. Is this what the country needs? He didn't say anything. In five days, I got a letter saying your fund has been approved. In some sense, I see that as a moment which also inspired me that I was just not the one guy who was thinking that way. Hundreds of millions of people are thinking that way. And therefore, I raised the fund. And I still remember, if I remember correctly, we had 650 clients in the first fund. Wow. 
and the average check size per client was is, uh, 70 80 lakhs but 500 clients had only 25 lakhs each so it was very it was a difficult time but people were trusting we had our partners like icici hdfc whom had worked in for a long time many years many old relationships who backed us and i guess in my own kins you know mr kamath and mr bagul had invited me to become a board member of icici venture in 2002 so i had about seven years of seasoning as a board independent director there and that goodwill that experience is respectful so when we started to raise a second fund it was about four years down the road in 2012 the market had become better by that time the question that you asked right do families invest had become real so we found a lot of larger families coming in so even though the number of investors came down to 620 and the average didn't change we still raised it under close actually it was a lot of them with larger checks of 10 to So when we came to a third fund, just look at some set of numbers. Today, total commitments in India for AIF one and two put together is about what three lakhs? Three mm. lakh crores. One lakh crore has been invested, actually, and the balance are drawdowns. So, in the over the time, and if you are uh, from this, you remove the uh, foreign funds were pulled into AIFs. You remove the NIF pool. You remove the SIDB fund of funds. Mm. you get about 40 45000 crores of indian money now per year as new commitments made into aifs wow that is and mm. this further is without the national pension this is without the epfo the epfo has now nearly 12 lakh crores the national pension private and public have another 2 3 lakh crores so they were put 5 or 10% they could allocate 750 to 100 i mean 75000 100000 so money will come but indian families in the point i'm making is have actually been more than open to the idea of startups more than open to the idea of private equity the sector in which i sit which i call the sector of consistent predictable returns was a startup which can be super returns in some sense and sometimes not so the indian families have actually been the backbone in which indian funds have it is not come from insurance and banks because they have got their own restrictions banks are not the best asset class provider for venture capital or private equity because they really don't have that kind of long horizon tenor money you need people have 20 year money 30 year money right it's really pensions insurance sovereigns or the and you know in india we don't have charities as yet so yeah, i would say families in india have been fabulous they growing but they fabulous and you know and of course what you're saying is endorsed by the fact that you have the largest rupee capital fund in the country and now this is the third fund right like that that you have whether we have families of invested up to 100 crores in our fund families wow. have invested 50 crores in our fund hmm. and on so it's not that they've been experimenting with us these are our third time investors our second time investors so i would say it has become a real chamber allocation within every family's asset class as you know in the us or europe 20% of the investment of a family is typically in vcpe both through funds and through direct investment approximately roughly speaking so in india i think it's heading in that direction i think these families will be 10 15% also i have to uh asked you this question because one of the things that again something which has been like a rhetoric in the startup ecosystem is that the returns have not been Uh, large and significant as one would would like, 
what do you have to say about that and of course i'm asking you because we had last conversation and you are doing very well you have some amazing portfolio companies which uh, have done well during the pandemic also but overall as uh, an ecosystem what do you have to say about this whole narrative that we've not been able to raise uh, you know have significant exits at first but the first thing i would say is you are right that uh, the returns haven't been spectacular at a very macroscopic level i would say that clearly as you said some funds have had good returns some funds might have had great returns but let us dissect the problem as you know i love public policy and one of the first things i did when i joined the industry is i joined an association and i soon became the head of the association and spent a lot of time even today even though i past chairman on this issue because it's so close to my heart because it enables so many startups and grow ups and stand ups to get money if we open yeah. the door and most importantly shadda you know what i am interested to in say that one thing before we come back to our conversation it's not only startups getting money it's not only them growing up it's not mm. only them running and flying into ipos but the profits of their growth should stay in india atmanirbharta yeah. both providing capital to whatever extent we can foreign capital is always welcome but also lot of the profit staying in india what is the point in our boys and girls in bangalore sweating it out 22 hours a day with their innovative ideas and then profit we send it out we go and put it in a plane and electronically transfer it to america <laughs> europe some of it rightfully should go but should all of it go i don't know yeah so that's something which is very close to my heart that idea so coming back to the returns question which is where we were i think if we categorize startup separately and growth separately it's a good way to analyze it i would say venture funds which invest in startups are obviously more likely to be successful if they are in the club of the top 5 or 6 so mm. if you are in that 5 or 6 club especially now you're getting repeat entrepreneurs right you're getting serial entrepreneurs like america now you got maturity this is the 15th year of the investment now in this business in india 2004 is when it started you're getting people who are in second third round and they are the stars i mean after all you do want sharuk or whatever is the right word to come and act in every film so sharuk finishes film one he's won demand in film two so these select few in my mind in the venture capital industry are attracted by those five six seven names hmm and they do their series a and three series a and you know who the names are they yeah. are all lower what a couple of one of them is in bombay maybe but they are all right here so those funds may be having good returns the other funds which come are not getting the entry into those kind of the best of the best the rarest of the rarest entrepreneurs because they are the ones they make money these startup returns look oddly like a big hump on one side the returns are and a very long tail on the other side and maybe an occasional spike right so that is a world of startups across the world you see any venture returns thomsons or any other cambridge you will see in venture funds the top 20 30% of the money making a lot of money yeah and the balance the 20 30% making some money and the last 20 30% making no money because that is a diversification principle at work when it comes to growth equity i would say asset classes 05 to 010 11 again same issue haven't made great returns some exceptions are there in icica and so forth but then you see the mature managers coming into the market 
like you know my own my my good friends say renuka or gopal jain gaja or true north and 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 i hope i didn't miss anybody but there are a few others too and then you find people like me who come on their own who sweated it out did one fund which did just about okay managed to return nearly all my capital second fund was returned two times its capital and now understand what to do what not to do and more importantly the what not to do part now you have mature managers around and you know and suddenly you find the private equity is beginning to give returns so i think you will see the vintages of 18 19 20 when we sit mm. in 25 27 you will actually see it and you know one good thing that i am so delighted about about what sebi has done and all strength to madhavi puri butch uh, who led this is along with all of us and i was a person who was a points person for the industry we actually created a performance benchmarking index the first time in the world where the regulator has come and said hey shraddha you're running a fund i need to know every 6 months how how much how you've done what have you invested what are your returns and over 5 7 years i will have a profile of different asset classes like venture growth etc and how the pool has done now i can also say when somebody says this hasn't done well i can say stop this is the pool this is the quartile decile median and mean and this is you can take your own fund and say your story fund this is my return mm. so it will take 5 to 7 years and it's unique because a regulator has actually mandated it everywhere in the world it is no it's a free market let everybody do but in india the going back to original question families are participating when i say that i mean people living in your neighborhood are writing 1 crore 2 crore checks for four years on my way here somebody called me and said boss i understand your fund is still open can i send you a crore please take my money this is these are former business executives people you know mm-hmm. and i think to protect them is very very important and i think government has done all the right things and i would say madhavi particularly under the leadership of mr tyagi has actually bought this into law and actually becomes law on october 1st which is very right so the returns yeah. there will clarify the data will be democratized and then darwin will just come to visit us and make sure that those who survive deserve to survive but this is very interesting i didn't know that this is happening this is very significant if it happens and very transparent then very and you yeah. know appointed crystal as the first agency the returns go directly to them nobody knows who's done what it's a top secret um, the association ibca who's running this they don't know what's going on they don't get to see the data sebi doesn't get to see the data it's a really unique model and i think we must applaud india for the many innovations it has done and of course we must uh, also at the same time coax india to do those innovations it is yet to do which is also a long list but it has done a lot right i mean you are the home of the aadhar india stack with nandan and sharad sharma and all these stalwarts who put this together and now they putting with nachiket the bharat swast bharat uh, national health stack so this is another yet another, maybe a micro innovation in comparison but for people like me and perhaps people like you it's a mega innovation yeah because it's completely unavailable the information the understanding and then now suddenly people will know this is huge yeah yeah yeah, yeah. let me read on this uh, you know gopal the other question i had is that in terms of fund like you know you have and i i want to call this out because last time when we had a chat you told me that as an indian fund you don't want to limit it to yourself or you know because you built it you built a successful fund but you want to build an institution 
And I, I found it very powerful that you said like the institutional funds outside country, like in US, we've seen like, you know, like some of the big names we can go on uh, with. And you said that that's what you want to build and create. Please tell us about TBS funds, you know, the first one, second one and the third one. And what are you building here and what are you doing? So, you know, the first fund I started because um, a professor of mine from college who remained a mentor through his life, name is C.K. Prahalad. He, yeah. I was a student 81 to 83 at Michigan. Sometime in, uh, when I, you know, about four or five years after I got married, I got married in 97. I was kind of reflecting on saying, do I want to start one more company every two years? I had bought Whirlpool to India for washing machines. I started TBS Electronics. I started a finance company. I started a contract manufacturing company. I started an engineering design services company and on and on. Somebody making locks, uh, car seats. Uh, so the long list, right? He came and said, boss, I want to tell you something. You love entrepreneurs and entre you love entrepreneurship. I said, yeah, absolutely. In fact, in my mind, I told Prahalad, I said, entrepreneurs are the nation's freedom fighters. Economic freedom for the bottom of the pyramid is going to come because of entrepreneurs. And I firmly believe that we must, I'm doing it for that reason. But I just want to point out something. You are no longer the entrepreneur you used to be. There are better people than you. There are these boys and girls who are 25 and they are the best people. So why don't you back them rather than you be the only person to do this, right? It took me like a few years after my, you know, after I was reflecting after marriage for it to sink in. And so I took it up and then I met Mr. Yagarajan of Sriram Group. And he said, I look, I actually wanted to start a fund. Why don't you do it? And I'll support you. And my, one of my very close friends, Lakshmi Narayan, who's a co-founder of Cognizant Technology, he said, listen, I'll invest in your fund if you start one. So we started that fund more or the idea that, look, we need to promote entrepreneurship. Therefore, our slogan became empowering the next gen entrepreneur. Mm. So that was the slogan. Prahalad was on the board, actually, one of the first boards that he joined. So we did the first fund. We made our mistakes. We had an American uh, returned Indian help us. So we went the very American style. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. We must have this structure and so forth. Somewhere around halfway in the fund, I figured that you know, this is not how India works. Mm -hmm. No, you need a made for India fund. Uh -huh. So I, I started invest, taking over the reins of the fund directly. And we raised our second fund. A second fund we raised, I figure, sometime in 2012. It was in the middle of all the problems. We always raise funds in the middle of the problem. We raised first in 2008. And then that time we raised in the beginning of stagflation in 2012. It was a much harder walk, right? Because we hadn't yet exited most of our first fund. And our second fund came into being. But by that time, we had adapted our strategy very properly. So I wouldn't say reinvented because I don't think it's a very humble word. But we had adapted. We had learned what works, what doesn't work. And what works in India is, if you're a private equity fund, you make a couple of what I call foundational investments. The goal of private equity is only one thing. Compound your money for five, six years. We're a compounding story. We are not a star, meteor, uh, you know, comet story. We're just a compounder. So you make a couple of compounding investments which are very foundational. We call them foundational investments. You make a, some three, four growth investments and one or two venture growth. Series A, series, maybe late series A, early series B, late series B, where you really think that this company has got a flight path into EBITDA positive. Very mm. clearly you're convinced about that, right? You're not worried about next round valuation will be at 10 times revenue and I'm coming in at eight times and growth will be four times. So <clears throat> I'll do the arithmetic and say it's a 40x, it's 5x for me. Kind of thing, right? So this is how we segregated it. Seg so sorry. Gopal, I have to uh, interject here. So this thinking you had from your first fund, right now this thinking is becoming very 
you know, common, right? EBITDA, you should have to have a line of sight on your EBITDA, on your fundamentals, on your profit. But that has not been in the last five, 15 years. So you're saying that you had this thinking early. As a, as, as a private equity fund, we are always focused on our measure. Our measures are very simple. Growth, capital efficiency, right? Those are, and, mar, and therefore margin expansion, right? Private equity is focused on only three areas. Is this a good category of business? Is this a good entrepreneur? Where is the capital efficiency in the business? Those are the kind of three pillars, the three murtis of private equity as it were. So by this time, we also said venture is coming. And we, we said, in fact, we coined a uh, slogan in the firm uh, by somebody who lives very close next to you, Narayan Ramchandran, who's our board member. We coined a slogan saying venture is the new growth. Hmm. Right? Venture growth is a new growth. And there we started, actually, we went and met uh, all the big companies in Bangalore, Ola, Swiggy, we met all the food tech companies, we met everybody. And then we zeroed in on Palguni because she represents an epitome of what we stood for. A, she's a next-gen entrepreneur, a professional turned entrepreneur. To us, that is really who next-gen is in India. We realized that by fun too. Second, she had a clear vision of what she wanted to do. She had a track record of persistence in a professional career. As she was part of a family also who understood private equity. Her husband happened to be in private equity of a sheer coincidence. And, uh, but she was her own person. Her husband had nothing to do with her business. It was only yeah. because of her. Right? I was, and even now I would say the same thing if Sanjay was in the room. She had a business model which convinced us that people like Mintra, the horizontals, you know, Flipkart, Amazon, we felt that really this is an area they wouldn't be able to compete well in. And we backed her and she was, she's an amazing entrepreneur. She yeah. relentlessly said, tech, no tech, I'll figure it out, I'll crack it open, I'll solve problems. She hired young people around her, which we loved about her. She had people all like 20 years younger, 15 years younger. And I learned that and I've adopted that in my next fund myself as a strategy. So that is where we learned about that venture is the new growth or rather late stage venture is a new growth. And that did really well for us. And, you know, she, we love entrepreneurs. You know, when we started our fund, our advisor tell us, you want a coachable entrepreneur. Now I say, I, entrepreneurs coachable don't want them. <laughs> I want entrepreneurs who are objectively making their own assessments. They don't, so that's why, because they have to be independent folks to fight this battle. So that's how we met her. And I think she's amazing. You, that as, as, as you've been investing over the last uh, you know, from 2007-8 onwards, you know, this organic way of thinking and investing, because one of the things which I keep on asking a lot of VCs, that they have a model, right? Like what worked in US will work here. And, and, and they go by a certain, many go by a certain set of assumptions. Tell me what is your organic way of thinking when it comes to venture investing? So we started, and in, I would say, whether it's venture growth or... We started with the same U.S. model. We took U.S. term sheets. We hired a person from the U.S. We did exactly whatever you said. Right? This is the way it works. We should always meet on Monday mornings because deal meetings happen on Mondays. Right? I mean, <laughs> at that level of detail. Right? Um, went and met Sequoia because I had good friends there, and uh, we went and met other. We went and met True North. Went and met Chris Cap. How do you work? I wrote down everything they did because you had to start somewhere. But the core of Indian thinking is captured by Akshapada Gautama in his book, The Nyayashastra, which mm. he wrote from, he was, from Bengal. And all logicians are from Bengal. 
And basically, he records the fact, which all of us know, and all of us knew even then, that it is only pratyaksha, that is your own experience, that is your guide. So the, so the anumana, the inferences you make from your own pratyaksha, using your own pramanas, your own methods of thinking, they are the best truth as far as each individual is concerned. Upamana, which is comparison, is also a truth, but it requires a heavy amount of validation. And Shabdha, which is basically third-party testimony, requires even more validation. So Gautama Akshapada says, please try to go with your own experience. That is the Indian way, if you ask me, to think for ourselves, to think of ourselves indigenously. So I think my second point, we, we, you need experience. Without that experience, you cannot think for yourself. You're thinking in vacuum. So yeah. I think that is what Indian funds should do. And I suspect more and more India will, as it has done with the government, the way the government has thought about issues, we will think for ourselves. Like you, I mean, your story is a cl classic example. I don't think there is a copybook American uh, Silicon Valley magazine yeah. media house, right? And you took, what did you do? I mean, one of the things, that I, many things I love about you and your story, but the fact that you went to local languages so fast, you're in Kannada, you're in Tamil, you're in Hindi, and I'm sure you'll be in other languages soon. Then that kind of thinking is what will make a difference. And that's the same yeah. difference for a private equity fund. And, and, and tell me, how are you thinking of institutions like TBS funds? Like you were saying that, you know, you want to build it into an institution. Uh, tell us about that. By the time I came to my third fund, right? Second fund had done quite well, and I'm sure all of us did fine. I was thinking to myself, how do I leave something behind i mean everybody human beings have a terrible deep need for a legacy right uh, so some people want to give their money to charity some people like the wonderful gentleman who passed away the beauty free shop founder sweeney if i remember his name he said i must give my entire money when i'm living right and he shut down his shop last week yeah. so each person in whatever way they want tries to have an impact so i was thinking to myself okay we have you have you know we've done about 20, 20, 24 investments, 23 investments, helped on enough entrepreneurs. If you look at a company which is near you called Dusters, where we helped to build them up from 60 crores to 370 crores, to from something like six, 7,000 employees to 28,000 employees. Enough people where we have closely worked with businesses to build them, who we feel very gratified that we had that opportunity to do so. So I went and said, let me find somebody who can take over from me, right? And I took this younger person, and I said, look, why don't you go and I'll, I'll be in the back seat and, you know, and maybe I'll be a co-pilot, but you be the pilot kind of thing. And we tried that for a year. And honestly, it didn't work because the first thing our client partner said is, who are we backing? Right? We call our investors as client partners because they are our partners. We are just, we are their partners actually. So I went into a sort of slowdown from 2017 yeah. to, should I be doing this? You know, I'm going to be 60 in a few years. Is this the right thing for me to do? But something struck me, right? And I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just a sense of reflection. But look, this needs to happen in an impersonal way. It's not about that individual, about me. It's, it's an obligation we have to society that whatever learning we've had, what are client partners who like us, that this continues. Because otherwise, entrepreneurs, and I keep on repeating that word, nations, freedom fighters, we are fueling them with both capability as well as capital. So I, then I, somewhere in 2017, I said, chuck this, I'm just going to do this again. And my boarders, of course, they've been pushing me, saying, Gopal, our only job is to make you do fund three and fund four and hand over on fund five to somebody. 
So that got me very motivated. So I went out to the field and said, let me test this out. And to my surprise, people started giving me a lot of support. Yeah, of course, we'll back you. So once I, once I realized that, I said, I still have this mission to complete. And it gave me a tremendous amount of confidence and tremendous amount of enthusiasm. Utsaha is a lovely mm. word in and Sanskrit. Right? Utsaha is the heart of everything. So I started this and, you know, we want to raise a thousand crores. We are now raised 1,500 crores or $200 million in Indian money. And uh, so I worked out a model. My partner who had been helping me throughout this was Sundram, who was a former CFO of Hindustan Lever. He was a vice chairman. He left and joined me. So I'll help you do this. So he also helped me a lot. And we put this uh, together of institutionalizing. We call it uh, the Himalayas, this project. Right? And every <laughs> little thing we have to do is a peak in the Himalayas. So we brought people together. A lot of our uh, younger, we start hiring younger people. We don't hire anybody who's older than 40. We just hired a partner who's 36. Uh, we we have, we have started a focus on hiring women now. We've hired uh, last year uh, one of our really outstanding uh, professional who happens to be a woman. So we've hired three people in the mid-level. We've hired uh, a retired person, Money, who used to be the fund of funds of startups ahead in Sydney to come and mentor the younger people to share his experience, right. to be an in-house in-house uh, dronacharya. So because young people need to quickly, we are a completely practice-based, apprenticeship-based industry. So we need young people to learn. So Mr. Tyagarajan is my inspiration. He owns Shraddha, a single digit percentage of the Sri Ramakrishna. He gave it away to every single professional who came as a partner. He put right. all the money in the Employee Stock Ownership Trust. So and I saw what he did. I said, it will be wrong in my part to actually try to hold on to this. I must build it and set it free. So this is my journey now. I, will I be successful? I don't know. But will I try relentlessly without any attachment to results? I will certainly try my best on that. And I think India needs five, six, seven, eight growth firms like this. Because, you know, as you said, you start up, then you have to grow up, then you have to stand up, then you have to fly and become an IPO. So every stage we need people. You can't start schools without starting colleges. You can't start colleges without starting universities. You can't start universities without starting more advanced research-oriented universities. So we need that full spectrum of capital. And I think yeah. over-focusing on venture is not the necessarily the best idea. Focusing on venture is a great idea. But it must also be on growth because now all the venture companies come to us and what we find is in our area, there is a shortage of, of capital from India. Most of the funds come from overseas. Right? So we need to build up. That might suspect with, you know, people like Jain Sena were instrumented in starting this. But the prime minister, I think he loves entrepreneurship. You met him. Uh, I, have, yeah. I met him in, group, in groups at least, two, at least two times, long meetings. But I, I sense a man who believes, he also believes that the nation's freedom fighters of this age are entrepreneurs. Yeah. This is what I'm trying you to know, do. Hopefully in fund five, I'll be able to hand over the fund and ownership, a large part of the ownership of the fund to the partners. And I can then go and do other things that I believe I want to do, provided I'm still here and healthy. Of course you will be. Do you know, Gopal, but this is a very important thing that you said. And I want to bring, see, there's something spiritual about letting... Spiritual is a very uh, big word, but I'm just saying that there, it's something very deep and it's something very... You know, coming from a sense of huge self-awareness to say letting go because letting go is so hard, and especially in the space that you are in. It's all about money. <laughs> the space that you are in is about money and, and that sense that you are giving money to the entrepreneurs. And I, I want to understand 
how do you balance this? Because at the end of the day, the place, and I say this for all the VCs, the place you guys are in is you are giving, you are writing the checks, right? And then sometimes we've seen, sorry to say this, but sometimes I see that sense of arrogance comes in. And at the same time, you are so, and I've seen you and I've observed you that you are so self-aware and so humble. How do you, how do you work on this? How does that happen? I think we all start with that, you know, but I think fortunately for, in my case, one is a, I've always, my father left me with a very deep awareness that our job is only to help others and help other Indians because it is India who gave a group like TBS a right to exist and prosper. He, and I, I learned that lesson through an episode when I was about 15 or 16 years old from him, very personally. And that never left me. So some things never leave you. And people like Mr. Tyagarajan on our board, man with one lakh of rupees in his pocket, has built a business with 100,000 crores of assets under management. And still, I cannot forget the incident when he came to my office and I said, RT, that's how it's affectionately called, you know, uh, you should get a slightly bigger car. He was coming in a wagon R. He said, what are you saying? This is the bigger car I just got. <laughs> right? And from him, we imbibe this idea that actually nothing is really ours. In fact, you cannot give anything away because you don't own it in the first place. Yeah. We are merely agents. We are agents. We, so that, you know, Renuka, my, one of my very close friends in the industry because we grew up together, she has a, she has a statue in our office. And so she says, this is, the, this is Sakshi Bhava. That's all we really are. And Krishna keeps on telling us, right? The Sakshi Bhava is a way to operate. In my office, I have a beautiful Sri Krishna from Somnaji. So every time I have a doubt, I look at him and to remind myself that we are only agents for our clients. We don't write checks. They write the check. We have a bigger responsibility because they have put the pen in our hand and say, you write for me. Similarly, when you look at the, then when you look at your business partners, the entrepreneurs, you, then you realize that this is what you are, they are the ones who are supporting them. But you also realize if you didn't have these great business partners, they would not be giving them the money. So you must put business partners first. I think this a mistake we made in first fund is we underestimated the business partners. The second fund, we got our act together. The only mistake we made is on the business partners selection. So the business partners in my mind are the reason to exist. And once you see life in that order, that you are lucky that these business partners choose TBS to come to and knock on our door because we keep reaching out to everybody. We are lucky that then naturally your client partners want to give those best business partners the money. You are simply in user. That is how I think we should look at life. And, you know, I think we are in the land of Sri Krishna who left us a good book to read called the Bhagavad Gita. So, <laughs> So you just had to practice a few of those things and with time, experience with its ups and downs and the blows it delivers to you, quickly teaches you that you're much better off following his book. You know, I am, I, 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 you know, I can just keep on listening to you and you should, you know, speak more than more with startups. It's so genuinely, truly and authentically inspiring. For me, my personal learning in my life journey, and I think I would like to share that every single founder and startup entrepreneur. I, I still prefer to call them entrepreneurs because I think that's a timeless word. Um, and uh, so fundamentally, you know, there is a, there is a Gita Shlok, uh, which basically, I think it's 335, which says, Shreyan Svadharmo Viguna Paradharma Svanushtita. 
Swadharma Nidhanam Shreya Paradharmo Bhayavaha. What he says is, even if you do what is your natural strength, not perfectly, it is better than doing somebody else's, what is somebody else's strength perfectly, right? Basically, it's better to die doing your own duty, the word he uses, rather than live with fear doing what you're not capable of. So I am one such case where I started trying to be a good TVS boy, build industry, wear uniforms, follow Japanese methods of management, which was the fashion of the 80s and the 90s, which was not my strength. So while I started businesses, a lot of them actually, I was not necessarily the person enjoying it because I was not doing what is naturally my strength. Thanks to gurus like Prahalad, I was able to come into an area where I am able to do what I am naturally good at. And so every day is a joy. In fact, my, my good friend was on the board, a co-founder of Acer Computer. He said, I only one caution to you. Once you are doing what you like, you don't know the difference between work and everything else, which I'm sure is true for you. Yeah. So I just want to caution you. You have young kids. So keep that in mind, he told me. So I just yeah. want to share my one thought with all the startup entrepreneurs that there is a role for passion, but there is a bigger role for rationality rationally assess what you are capable of. What is your Swadharma? Right? Then once you made the judgment, never look back. Keep on going. Never look back. But do not let passion be your guide. Let your passion be just one more sense that you use. But your rationality, your buddhi, buddhi yukto jahatiha is how Krishna speaks in Gita. Yoke yourself to your intellect and assess and once you assess, never look back. That is a bhakti part. So there is a role for everything in our system. So I, I feel my own story in a short is just a simple ability to go from doing maybe somewhat well what was not my swadharma to doing today what is my swadharma. I'm sure there are others better than me, probably. That's fine. Not a problem. But I'm doing what I naturally enjoy. And I think every founder must stop must read this. Today, as I was coming in, I got an email from a person who started a venture capital fund. And he, he said, I don't know, by sure coincidence it came, said, dear uh, sir, I have, you know, I have now left this family office in Bangalore. I've started my own fund and I cannot never thank you enough because you told me, read the Gita before you are 30 because then you will have 50 years to practice it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Last, before I let you go, uh, Right now, it is a tough time for entrepreneurs uh, yes. across the world and more so across, you know, in our country, it is very tough. Uh, what would you like to say, Gopal, to everyone who is in the trenches fighting one of the toughest battles? It's a, it's a, it's, it's really, really a difficult time. Uh, there is no question about it. Uh, in my mind, is going to get worse. Um, we, uh, we, you know, one of our advisors told us in April that this is going to be a bathtub type of recovery. It's bathtub oh. is a long, flat bottom with a lot of bumps in it. And then a recovery. So we have always been thinking in our mind, and maybe we're right along, I have no idea. But sometime around March, April 22 is when we actually see some sense of normalcy coming back. Right? Oh. So this is what we are thinking. We could be wrong. Uh, right now you see the increase in the last one week in England and other countries, US in some cities. How it's spiking. You know, everybody I call, honestly, Shraddha. I just call my tax advisor, he's got COVID. I called a philanthropy, yeah. I'm associate, they've got COVID. I called one of my call professors who we have this 
every every other month we have four classes that a professor teaches to, to all of us together a young team he's got covid so it's going to be around for a long time so i think i would say first is embrace that reality that this is how it is and don't don't evaluate and don't see the covid numbers and all these things just this is how it's going to be so stay safe you know wear your wear your mask sanitize your hands maintain social distancing but plow ahead we we went back to work in may april may to office second thing i would say is you know the 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 our startup innovation and our, the founders they are not the classical what we call baniyas in the indian sense they are not traders they are not a trader a trader is meant to be a little bit opaque to certain things insensitive and kind of go along ha ha adjust karo chalega chalega that is supposed to be as per tradition which is unfair to our traders but that's how it is defined they are kshatriyas they are warriors they have chosen to fight a war and the war may be to win for their idea the war may be win for their company it may be anything it may be to overcome their competition so as a kshatriya they should also accept that as much as war is there and it's a valiant affair death is a natural part of war mm. and it doesn't mean that to die is anything you will be reborn in another form so keep that in mind and keep fighting just survive for the next one one and a half years whatever way you can make all the changes and corrections the amount of changes we have made inside our firm is crazy in the last 6 months the way we work the amount of technology we are using so i'm sure everybody is doing that everybody i speak to is making dramatic changes in this time so and if you don't survive it doesn't matter come back there will be rebirth there will, we must believe that another janma will come i still remember telling a startup founder who was super successful he said do you think i'll succeed i said actually i think you won't oh Oh, it was a bad time, but I don't think it. I, what I mean is, but you will come back in another avatar, and you will be India's Jeff Bezos because that is what I see inside you. I was wrong in one part that he, he did succeed, but I was right in that he has that Jeff Bezos-like quality about him, and I don't want to name him, but he's very much succeeding, and I'm so happy about it. Mm. So I think we just have to accept death equally, but never give up the fight. Never give up the fight. that is what makes a startup founder different from a trader wow no traders will like will like turtles can withdraw their uh, all their five or six uh, organs the head tail and the four legs and be in the shell for some time and come out but a, a startup entrepreneurs are a special breed of people and they must continue the fight and all of us are only there to cheer them help them in any way india needs them and they must keep remembering that so survive till march 22 and if you can't come 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 back in a new life and be a better startup wow nobody will hold anybody accountable for failure now they must remember that failure now is absolutely fine but die trying yeah wow gopal i i am charged up <laughs> thank you and i'm sure thank so you, will Sarah. be millions of people thank you thank you so much thank you. thanks a lot thank you yeah you.